Okay. Um, did you see what Washington Commanders slash former Alabama defensive lineman Jonathan Allen tweeted last night? I did not. Please. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Please, okay. Please link me. So... <laughs> I think I'm just going to read it out loud. So last night, uh, this is a ra- This is at 3 a.m. So that's just kind of where he's at. Oh lord. Uh, he posts. He posts. Ask me anything. Okay. Oh, and no. a lot of these questions. Um, several of these questions are like people asking if Russ is coming. People asking for him to like fix their crappy jerseys. <laughs> but then someone completely innocuously replies to him at like you know, almost 4 a.m., mm-hmm. with, you can have dinner with three people, dead or alive. Who are you inviting? And Jonathan Allen replies with, my granddad, Hitler, and Michael Jackson. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> so, original question asker replies with, two of the three I understand, but please explain Hitler. And Jonathan Allen chooses to dig himself a deeper hole. Oh, no. By saying, he's a... <laughs> He's a military genius, and I love military tactics, but honestly, I would want to pick his brain as to why he did what he did. I'm also assuming that the people I've chosen here have to answer all my questions honestly. <laughs> my man wants to pick Hitler's brain. For what? Okay, first of all, he's not a military genius either. Um, no, he's a complete dipshit. Yes, literally. Just a dipshit who got into power. Had the right circumstances and got into power. But second of all... What, why? What, why would you ever want to pick Hitler's brain for anything? He was a dipshit failed art student who fucking found a cause in far-right politics. What, what possible, like, merit can you see in that? Yeah, so there's that, first of all, that it's a stupid thought. Second of all, it's that you're a NFL defensive lineman and you chose to tweet this on your main Twitter account when you could have simply picked your granddad, Michael Jackson, and... I don't know, literally anyone else. Literally. Instead, like, just say George Washington. Just say George yeah. Washington like everyone else does. Good lord. Um, so yeah, I discovered that, like, uh, maybe about 20 <laughs> minutes ago, and it's completely just taken over my brain since then. Well, like, well, this is, like, straight up, straight up, this is, this is, fellas, what are you doing? 500k yeah. in cash right away, or dinner with Hitler? Any intentional forward movement of his hands starts a forward pass, even if the player loses possession of the ball as he is attempting to tug it back towards his body. Also, if the player has tugged the ball into his body and then loses possession, it is a fumble. Yeah, like I got over the tug rule, but I still think about the tug rule. Do you not believe the tuck rule was appropriately applied? I do not. I do not. Hello, folks. We got another tuck rule. We're back. It is me, Victoria, your co-host, the person who says this part of the podcast every week. Uh, And I'm joined, as always, by my darling co-host, Katie. Say what's up, Katie. What's up, Katie? We are in what, uh, so... The shutdown full cast described the week after conference championship week and before Bulls start up once as Gooch Week, um, which I think is very apt. And we are currently in the NFL's Gooch Week. Um, oh, dear Lord. This is the last... Well, this is, I guess, sort of a preview of a offseason, you know, a six months with absolutely no no uh, no football of note being played because... 
No football of note was played this week. I didn't watch the Pro Bowl. Neither did I. I I sat in my room and I napped the entire afternoon. So I didn't even watch the Clash, which I was actually intending to watch. So um, you're doing better than me on that end. Uh, yeah, uh, rather than watch football, I watched NASCAR race in a football stadium. Mm. You know, why not? Yeah. Um, it was fun. It was actually pretty fun. Uh, during the offseason, we'll have more time to talk about uh, sports that are not football. We're going to try and do that a little bit, I think. That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. And it'll be mostly about NASCAR and F1. So sorry, we we are turning <laughs> we are turning this podcast into a racing podcast in the off season. I'm only half joking. I am only half joking. Yeah, these things will definitely be brought up. Um, there is, however, uh, I was a little worried going into this week that we wouldn't have much to discuss. Was trying to figure out ways that we could fill the space, um, and then a whole bunch of coaching news uh, hit. And good lord, is there stuff to yep. talk about? Um, so, one of these stories broke last week, um, like, mere hours after we recorded last week's Tuck Roll. We're going to talk about it. That would be uh, the Brian Flores lawsuit. Uh, and then we're going to work our way through um, the NFL coaching carousel, which uh, came to an end this week. So, all the spots are filled, so we'll talk about those. And then uh, Katie is going to lead us through uh, what's happening with Brian Harson at Auburn. Uh, yeah. It's bad. It's bad. Spoiler alert. It's very bad. So, uh, yeah, we have a three-pack of coaching drama, and then we're going to talk about the Super Bowl a little bit. Nothing too in-depth, but, you know, we'll talk about how we think the game is going to go. We'll talk about, you know, players that we think will probably have a big impact on how that game will go. And, uh, yeah, we'll kind of go from there. So, first up, going in kind of roughly chronological order, I think, uh, we have the Brian Flores lawsuit. Um that officially geez by the time that you're listening to this it will probably have dropped nine days ago yeah which, yeah love that for us that's you know slightly unfortunate but it still feels important to talk about absolutely and i i think i will start like um i think i will start with the two incidents i think in 2019 that kind of describes part of the reason that flores is filing this lawsuit um I, i'll i'll go not necessarily in chronological order here just just to kind of set the mood a little bit um so before he even gets the dolphins job he was, was interviewing for the denver broncos job this apparently was not taken very seriously by the organization uh, team executives, including John Elway, apparently showed up disheveled and hung over to an interview um, in which they later gave the job to Vic Fangio. Um, he did get the jo- Dolphins job, however, as we obviously know, and alleges yeah. that uh, Stephen Ross paid him $100,000 per loss and was very <laughs> upset when the team started to win. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Um, this is a big one. That second thing, uh, so the Broncos, uh, vehemently, vehemently denied, uh, that John Elway was hungover during their interview. Um, that's, that's definitely a very big deal, uh, because this suit is against the Dolphins and the Broncos for hiring discrimination, basically. But the $100,000 per loss 
if that's like borne out in court, which were which were like a very long way away from that Absolutely. ever possibly coming to court, that would be yeah, really really massive. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. It's it's a year away probably and probably more than that. Um I think in I think a lot of the reason for this lawsuit not just not just for all the moral reasons, it is uh to force to force the NFL and to force these organizations into discovery. And in discovery, basically anything goes. Like you can find out probably almost anything. Um yeah, I said on Twitter that this was match fixing. And yeah. uh, Stephen Ross should be thrown in jail just based on this. Will he? Of course not. No, the rich in this country never pay for anything. Uh, so that, yeah, it, it's, that is very serious. Of It's a very serious allegation. Um, and one I would actually find true. And I actually believe that, I actually believe it came out that someone else mentioned that uh, uh, Haslam up there in Buffalo apparently was doing the same thing with Hugh Jackson. This is not a new thing in the league, and obviously the NFL doesn't have a... The NFL doesn't have a draft lottery, so this kind of thing probably does happen way more often than we think it does. I mean, it's obvious that some teams will just sign bad players, but paying specifically to lose is... There's something, there is a moral wrong in that that crosses a huge line. Yeah. Um, I mean, so the reason why this is pertinent to the lawsuit, which is alleging just sort of like widespread hiring discrimination, and we will get to the Giants thing that that uh, that really sort of kicks this off, I think, and is probably the reason yep. why he filed this lawsuit, if I had to guess, is that like black and also by extension, other minority coaches, um, they they kind of get put into these like situations where they're taking over bad teams and are basically hired to oversee a tank without the owners really thinking that they're gonna take them out of the tank. Yep. Uh, which feels very which feels very right for Brian Flores because uh, despite having two winning seasons, he got fired. It yep. just doesn't really add up for why you yeah. wanna fire him. This, yeah, like, and especially when a white coach would absolutely not be fired for the same thing. They would probably be praised and have all this and all this um, praise and laudation heaped upon them. Other allegations. This one was interesting. Um, the Dolphins owner, Ross, tried to get Flores to recruit a prominent quarterback, um, which uh, this was during um, this was before the legal tampering period. Uh, so it would have been illegal. Flores apparently uh, refused because he's a goody good boy who didn't want to break the rules. Uh, the suit claims that in the winter of 2020, um, the owner invited Flores onto his yacht. And, oh, guess what? Uh, crazy coincidence. Uh, the quarterback that we want you to tamper with is just right over there, you know, in yeah. case you want to talk to him. Um, yeah. And, you know, curious how that works. Um, Flores basically like booked it out of there apparently uh by the way the quarterback probably tom brady probably so we don't know for sure but absolutely like it's in the right window i think yeah um so that's pretty wild apparently uh this was the kind of the beginning of the end in terms of um in terms of flores's relationship uh with the management in miami which is notoriously very bad 
Um, very, very like he, bad. he did not get along with the GM and the owner. He never wanted Tua. He was kind of like Tua. Tua was foisted upon him. Um, yep. Which we'll probably talk about Tua when we talk about who the Dolphins hired later. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of a like the thing other than the paid losing that kind of came up a lot is um so brian flores after getting fired by the dolphins interviewed for several jobs um and one of them was the giants job he alleges that he was hired uh to fulfill the rooney rule which uh the new rooney rule is that nfl teams must interview multiple minority candidates um this 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 uh this didn't used to be the case but yeah it is uh one mandatory um uh minority candidate for coordinator positions and two for head coach uh which is kind of an interesting wrinkle but either way uh so he was all set to interview for the giants when he gets a text from bill belichick bill says sounds like you have landed congrats uh flores replies did you hear something i didn't Bill says Giants with like three question marks and three exclamation points. <laughs> yeah, I points. just I just want to say like it, Bill Belichick, you would not think that he texts like this. He absolutely does text like this. This is this is yeah. firmly established, by the way. Yep. Uh this like this absolutely matches like snippets that we've seen of other times that we've seen his texts. Um so Flores replies i interview on thursday i think i have a shot at it bill says got it i hear from buffalo and new york that you are their guy hope it works out if you want it to and flores replies by that's definitely what i want i hope you're right coach thank you and then you can tell based on how the messages are laid out that some time has elapsed because clearly i think it was about two hours (laughs) um so at this point Flores realizes that, you know, like, why would he bring up Buffalo? That doesn't really make any sense. Um, Flores says, Coach, are you talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dable? Just making sure. Um, So, Bill (laughs) replies with, sorry, I fucked this up. I double-checked and misread the text. I think they are naming Dable. I'm sorry about that. BB. Um, (laughs) Which is... Christ. Which has to be, like, the most stomach-churning thing text you could possibly like Mm. the like the the slow realization that someone has like improperly congratulated you because he was trying to congratulate his his other buddy named brian it's like oh god just horrifying um so then so then even though so obviously basically what you can look at it and say there is that the Giants seem to have landed on Dable based on stuff that Bill Belichick has heard. But still, Flores has an interview with the Giants, which I believe he goes through. If I was him, I, I absolutely would have canceled and been petty about it, by the way. I don't know how this is going to go over in court. Um, employment discrimination lawsuits are really hard um, yeah. to win. Um, yeah, because the problem is, is that you can't specifically prove that they fired him because you know he was african-american you can't specifically you can't specifically prove that which is kind of a pain in the ass and other other minorities um are very familiar with that sort of thing and obviously african-americans are too but it just 
I think the entire... I don't even know if this lawsuit is winnable. It's like I said, though, like... I think the entire point of this lawsuit is to force things into discovery so that way mm-hmm. everything everything has to come out. It has to be pierced like a boil on someone's butt. Like that's kind of what has to happen here. <laughs> so eloquent and just a wonderful image. Um goodness. <laughs> I'll be very curious to see um if this does get to discovery. I would imagine the NFL wants nothing more than to settle this before we get there. Um, I in I don't know, I don't know. I feel like Brian Flores, and if you intentionally take out your coaching career, which is what Brian Flores has done, by the way, I don't like. He's not. Yeah. He's not could, getting another job. I don't think. I could see him coaching in college. I could definitely see him do that. I feel like his style yeah. might actually lend itself to college a little bit more. Um, I do too. Yeah, that, from what I've gathered um, over the last couple of months, yeah, I I feel like he'd actually be a pretty decent college coach. But I I don't know when someone when someone has these two factors going for them, they are both wronged in terms of how they were treated and were wronged in terms of being discriminated against, and are very much willing to put their career on the line to prove that. Or at least to make sure that um, this doesn't happen to other coaches. I feel like that's a hard thing to settle. I know yeah. the NFL will probably throw like an absolute fuck ton of money at him, but at this point, I can't see that working. I really can't, and I, I hope it doesn't. I, I hope it does go to discovery. I hope there is like a fucking trial in court, even if he loses. I hope there's a trial in court. Yeah. Um. So I guess kudos to Brian Flores for doing this, and I hope it leads to, you know, something like change at the very least, or maybe, like, I will say that after this comes out, the discourse around the second wave of the NFL coaching carousel has been very, very different. different. Very different. Um, So I guess that is as good of a way as any um, to go to the NFL uh, head coaching carousel uh, in vaguely chronological order. This one is not... So we have eight official hires and one pending hire that will happen after the Super Bowl, it sounds like, because the Vikings are already making moves, um, acting like they have a head coach, even though they technically don't. But the Vikings, uh, out of the finals that we mentioned last week, they landed on Kevin O'Connell, Rams offensive coordinator. I believe in 2020, he was in Washington... Uh, but mm. he's he's definitely part of the McVeigh Shanahan crime family. Um, <laughs> so yep, uh, unsurprisingly, the nerd GM brings in you know uh, a pretty typical modern NFL hire. You're getting an offensive coordinator who's going to bring that scheme, you know, scheme that runs the NFL. I don't think I have much to say about it at the moment. Um, I have nothing to say about it. I. I... I don't know enough about this hire to make any sort of informed opinion on it, so... Yeah. Um, I think this is definitely... We are in uh, we are in wait-and-see mode, I would say. Um, for sure. We have... I think the next hire chronologically would be the Jaguars, who, uh, after freaking everyone out and making people think briefly that they would hire Rich Bisaccia, uh <laughs> well... <laughs> First of all, what we hear is that 
Byron Leftwich has pulled his name out of the running. Good for him. Oh, Jesus Christ. I Jacksonville, how do you fuck this up? Like, I mean, I know how you fuck it up, but... Doug Peterson. So, I think out of the options they had, this is probably the best one. I think, yeah, this is absolutely the best one. You get a Super Bowl winning coach, and he did it not too, not too um, in the distant past, and, you know, he's pretty good. I think it's a pretty good hire. I can't can't find anything wrong with it. I, I don't think it'll work out, though, but I, yeah, I, think, um, I think it's a good hire. Yeah, I think uh, I think Balky being there is probably uh, a pretty good reason for why this might not turn out. But um, yep. I think I, 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 I think I have faith in Doug Peterson's ability to at least be competent. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll be going out to a fucking bar and and and, and trying to grind on like twenty year old women. I don't yeah, think he'll be doing um, that. So I, I think he's already doing a lot better. Yeah, we've uh, we have heard through the grapevine that Trevor Lawrence is a fan of this hire. So you should probably also good. keep that guy happy. You should you should definitely yeah, keep that guy happy. Yeah, um, Trevor Lawrence, please force a trade out, please, please, please. Yep. I'm I'm begging. I'm begging you. Bring 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 Travis Etienne with you. Yes, uh, definitely. So I think next up would be the Dolphins, who, uh, as we speculated on last week, they have in fact hired Mike McDaniel. It seemed like for weeks that McDaniel was going to be the guy, which you know uh, his 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 history is pretty interesting because this was his first year as a proper coordinator. For the past four years, he was the run game coordinator, which means he was just kind of around. He was a basically uh a like offensive assistant who is also like an ideas guy um yeah he, he's been a wide receivers coach in several places before i am also in wait and see mode with mike mcdaniel and yeah Miami. i i mean i i mean i could i mean i could make all the jokes in the world but yeah at the end of the day i i don't know i mean first year as proper coordinator and you know the 49ers looked yeah on offense they looked okay yeah. They did use Debo Samuel pretty, pretty effectively though, and they did get some players involved that you know that they should have gotten involved. So I don't know. I, I think it's it's fine. It's we, fine. Yeah. Uh, we know that he has at least stated publicly that he likes Tua, so it means that I would imagine that they're not going to move along right away from Tua. They're going to mm-hmm. try it, which you know he's spent a lot of time fucking working. Ween- that fucking weenie arm i'm telling you that <laughs> fucking weenie arm's gonna do at least two coaches in i'm, I'm telling you right now weenie arm to a um at least i will say mcdaniel has spent several years now working with jimmy garoppolo that's all i'm gonna yeah, say yeah but yeah i mean but jimmy garoppolo is just like he he just has like brain freezes. Like physically, he's a fine quarterback. It's just he has brain freezes. Tua just doesn't have the physical tools to play in the NFL. No, definitely not. Um, which I was very surprised by. I did not think that would be a problem coming out of college. I didn't uh, either. I didn't either. When when I saw him in Alabama at Alabama back uh, 2018, I thought this is the best quarterback I've ever seen at this level. Yeah, that's how well they executed their offense. Um, I believe that was a Brian Dable joint. Uh, um, it was... Or actually, that might have been Mike Loxley. Yeah, I believe that was a Loxley joint. Uh, Dable was 2017, so that so that was that was the year where Hurts started, but then they put in Tua in the second half of yep. the title game, I believe. Right? Yeah. That's, yep, you're okay. right. Uh, so I guess the, the one last thing we should talk about here for the Mike McDaniel hire is that... Uh, so Mike McDaniel is biracial. 
Uh, his father is black. Oh God. Um, oh God. I know where we're going here. <laughs> so he has like he he doesn't talk about this very often. There was a profile done about him. I think it's in some sort of, uh, I think it's the, like, NBC Sports San Francisco affiliate, in which he talks about, like, like pretty common experience of being biracial in America. And it's spun into this whole thing where now, like, Adam Schefter is tweeting that he, that, like, Mike McDaniel, who identifies as multiracial, joins Mike Tomlin as one of the two black head coaches in the NFL. And it's like... Well, well. I feel so bad for Mike McDaniel because he, yeah. he never asked for that. He is simply biracial. No. And, he, and like he doesn't make it his thing, which, of course, he wouldn't. Why would he? But no. instead... I, I feel I feel like part of this, too, is that if it's coming from Schefter like, and it's coming from like the mouthpieces in the NFL, it's clearly an attempt to like throw some water on the um, aforementioned Brian Flores lawsuit, I feel like. Um, yeah. But yeah. It's so, it's a mess. It, it's a huge mess, and I, I feel very sorry for him. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, I guess minority hires. This one kind of came oh, out dude. of nowhere. This one, uh-huh. this one came out of nowhere last minute. So, like last week, we mentioned that the finalists for the Texans' job appeared to be Josh McCown, Jonathan Gannon, uh, Kevin O'Connell, and Brian Flores. Obviously, Flores kind of takes himself off the board, which you know. That's his decision. Apparently, uh, the Texans claimed that he was a finalist for this job. Flores, in a statement mm-hmm. he put out, seems to disagree, is what I'll say. Uh, yep. But O'Connell gets taken off the board by the Vikings, because you'd rather have the Vikings job than this one. That's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, we hear that Gannon, that Gannon has been informed that he's not going to get this job. Which is probably, probably not a bad call by the Texans. So yeah. then at this point, you're looking at it, and you're like, well, it's going to be McCown. And then, on Monday, all of a sudden, <laughs> oh dear God. you hear that the Houston Texans are interviewing their own defensive coordinator, Lovey Smith, for the head coaching spot. And this comes out of pretty much nowhere. This yep. all came together very last second. We didn't hear that he was even in consideration until he was the only guy they were considering. Huh. Yeah, it, it's, it's just very suspicious timing. Um... I mean, the Texans are going to suck next year, and, like, why did you even fire David Coley in the first place? Is, is like... That's a great question. Fr- so that's... That, those are the those are two questions I have, and, like, I like Lovey Smith. I, I love I, Lovey. I really do. But, like, he's five years past any sort of... He's five years past his expiration date as a head coach. I would argue... NFL. I would argue he's possibly 10 to 12 years past his expiration date in the NFL. <laughs> like, yeah, his, I, yeah, I can see that. His his stint in Tampa was not good. I believe that Lovey Smith is the first African-American coach um, to get a third bite at the apple. Like, it's, yeah. it's very rare for black coaches to get this many chances. If I could, and this is based on nothing, if I could speculate what this was... My guess would be that the powers that be in Houston, which is primarily, I think at this point, Nick Casario, who is influenced or at least has some check on his power by Jack Easterby, who we've barely talked about on this podcast, but is basically a glorified youth pastor who has little fingered his way into power in the Texans organization. Um, It seems like they really wanted to hire Josh McCown. 
And I would imagine that the NFL told them to fuck off. That that's the yeah, last like, that's the uh... last thing they need right now, you know? Yeah. I think the last job that we're going to get to kind of has this tone um where where uh these black coaches did not get the opportunity that they deserved and I I think that they were like, "Look, Look, look, Houston. Like we 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 can't have we can't have like no African American coaches get jobs after, you know, after some pretty qualified candidates are out there. I mean, we we can talk about you know Eric Bieniemy, obviously Brian Flores, uh, Todd Bowles, uh, Byron Leftwich, obviously. Like yeah, yeah. So I I feel like this is one of those things where they like look, Lovey's Lovey's been there before, you know, just. His beard's real cool. Um, yeah. Like, he does have a cool beard. <laughs> uh, Lovey will almost certainly be better as the as the, as the the caretaker here than David Culley was, just because Lovey yeah. Smith has, has head coached so much fucking football in his day. Um, <laughs> like, so much. Uh-huh. He, I think, started with the Bears in 2004. He was with them for eight years. Then he hopped over to Tampa, and he was there for a couple years. And then he did five years at Illinois and got the bag while he was there, by the way. Good for him. Yeah. Lovey Smith, a Hall of Fame bag collector. Just just picking up bag after bag. Love that for him. But he's going to pick up another one here. My guess would be that uh, in, you know, one, two, possibly three years, whatever the Texans decide to bring in uh, their next coach. Because, again, NFL hiring practice are racist. And uh, you want to bring in a black mm-hmm. coach when you're bad so that way you can blame them and fire them. He's probably going to take that money, and he's going to enjoy a retirement of lounging on the beach, drinking comically large drinks uh, with little paper umbrellas in them. And he's probably just going to vibe, which he deserves. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The last job here is much simpler. The Saints hire Dennis Allen. This feels like the hire they were always going to make. It's the hire that makes the most sense. Um, Yeah, so, it, it feel it feels like it's definitely in the um it feels like the saints they talked about like i remember i remember after he got hired the saints talked about well we wanted someone who had familiarity with saints culture which i mean yeah. that basically rules out everyone but dennis allen and carmichael i guess pete uh pete carmichael is the longtime um offensive coordinator there who i believe the saints yeah. are currently trying to keep around which makes sense um, he never gets brought up for head coaching opportunities, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, it was, I figured it would probably be between them and Carmichael didn't even get it in an interview. So he clearly doesn't really care, which, you know, I guess that's his prerogative. So Allen gets this job kind of by default. He does have history as an NFL head coach. He had, uh, a not very inspiring. Oh dear Lord. He went four and 12, four and 12 and 0 and four for the Raiders from mm-hmm. 2012 to 2014. But he's done an excellent, excellent job in New Orleans since then. Um, the Saints defense went from complete trash to being consistently top 10 while he was there. So, yeah, um, yeah, pretty good. I mean, it's pretty good, but it's also, like I said on Twitter the other day, um, he went 8-28 and 28 as an NFL head coach, and I don't think, I don't think a black head coach would get anywhere near a fucking head coaching job again if they got anything close to that um yeah i i was just gonna say like it's very much a um it's very much a my players weren't good for me and a your record says what you are for the sort of situation yeah 
There is a tweet that Ian Rappaport, who is up there with Schefter as being just total NFL mouthpieces, mouthpieces for their agents, for their sources, and also for the league. Um, Rappaport even more directly because he's employed by he's employed by the NFL. Ian Rappaport, after Dennis Allen get, gets his job, mere like minutes afterwards, tweets, Saints oh, defensive God. coordinator Dennis Allen was the top choice going in. And despite strong interviews from Aaron Glenn, Eric Bieniemy, and Brian Flores, he lands the Saints job, a second chance at a head coach job. So this tweet, which is meant to say, look, these black candidates in- interviewed really well, couches it in... This guy was the leader going in. He was the presumed candidate going in. And even though these black coaches interviewed pretty well, he gets a second chance. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't say... That did not say what he probably thought it said Nope. Nope. It says... Not at all. It says, in fact, I would say the exact opposite of what he meant. <laughs> um, and, the, and the exact thing that Brian Flores is very much correct about. Yep. Uh, so... That's about where we're at with that. Those are the nine NFL head coaching jobs filled. A pretty inexperienced batch of coaches here. I'll be interested to see how it goes, I guess. Um, oh, yeah. Probably a little too early to say much about most of them. Other than maybe I think we're pretty sure that Levy Smith isn't going to win a Super Bowl with the Texans. I think that's pretty fair to say. Probably. Probably. <laughs> but we can't count that out for sure. God. What folks. a fucking timeline that Fol- would be. Uh, folks. Folks. Bet. Bet the fucking house on the Texans going to the Super Bowl next year, and you'll either have ten houses, or you'll be totally broke, and you'll probably be totally broke. But still, it's fun. Do I'm sh- it. I'm sure that you would get more than ten houses. I'm 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 sure you would get like a hundred houses if you actually hit oh, yeah. that bet. Oh God, Katie. Speaking of mm-hmm. coaching nonsense, um, <laughs> oh, dear God. So Brian Harson was hired last year. Uh, after, I believe, a mm-hmm. relatively late Gus Malzahn firing, um, after kind of a yep. mess of a coaching search, Brian Harson, the former mm-hmm. Boise State coach, is brought in, and he has had an interesting year one down in the plains. He sure um, has! <laughs> why, don't um, you, why don't you try and walk us through the current drama about him and why it seems like he might be about to get fired? To understand why Brian Harson is kind of in this position, you have to understand a couple things. One, he's apparently a gigantic asshole, and I'm not, and I'm not making that up. And I'm, I'm going to actually go in non chronological, that, non chronological order. Um, on February fourth, the Montgomery Advertiser releases a story that says that Auburn's football program is toxic and dysfunctional. According to one source, team opinion on him internally is split with some players liking him and players like former safety smoke Monday saying that Harson quote, does not understand kids that come from nothing. Um, and, and these players are also having this war of words, I guess, publicly on Twitter and it's getting very nasty. And a lot of that is just due to the fact that he has, he has become a hard ass, I think. Like, one of the sources says that, like, I don't think he has true empathy for kids. And that is, yeah, that's that's, that, that's a tough quote to have about you if you coach kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and to kind of put some into, you know, and very much there is 
fire. There is a large fire here. There's not just smoke. There's a large fire consuming this forest. 19 players have put their name in the transfer portal. Folks, there are only 85 scholarship roster spots on a FBS football team, so it's something like a fifth of their roster. And when you account for players that are, have graduated or gone to the NFL, it's somewhere probably around a fourth of their roster has kind of tested the transfer portal out at some point, which is not normal, by the way. No. Usually the number, yeah, usually the number is probably around half that, about 10 players, like, and usually they're guys that don't get playing time. What they're usually not are Auburn legacy guys like fucking Bo Nix, whose dad literally played quarterback at Auburn. Um, Yeah, Bo Nix transferred to Oregon this offseason, so he'll be starting for the Ducks. This is, um, like, so for me, like, the two things that astound me and show just how bad it is, is first of all, Bo Nix transferring, the Auburn legacy guy transferring. We can argue all day about whether or not he was any good, but I think... They probably downgraded. Uh, they managed to bring in Zach Calzada from Texas A&M yeah. in the portal, which you know, at, at best, it's a lateral move. At best, at yes. Best. Zach so, Calzada is a Zach Calzada's fine, but like Bo Nix, I think Bo Nix, I think is a more polished product. As weird yeah. as that sounds, but yeah. So it's that, and then it's also Derek Mason leaving his job at Auburn to take yep. a pay cut to go to Oklahoma State. That's not good. Uh huh. That's yeah, bad. Yeah. Yeah, and there were, and there have been multiple assistants leave, um, and I think the one that I think kind of got everyone to focus on this was Austin Davis, who was hired from the Seattle Seahawks, um, leaves for personal reasons. He was hired as their offensive coordinator. He leaves for personal reasons after being hired on December 18th. I believe I counted that, and that's somewhere around 40 days on the job, and... The rumor, the rumor that I can't confirm, but is out there, is that Brian Harson would not let him call plays, which uh. is it. That is a no go. Um, it it is, in his season in general last year was kind of it wasn't great. Um, he he is one of those coaches that would publicly decline to say whether he got vaccinated or not, and basically made this a circus the entire year. Even when Alabama's, uh, even when the state mandate for Alabama had their vaccine mandate come up, which I know, <laughs> ha 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 ha, yeah, Alabama does have a state vaccine mm-hmm. mandate for COVID-19. Um, even then, he couldn't say whether he was vaccinated or not, but since he's still around, it is probably likely that he is vaccinated, but he just hasn't said anything about it. One of, I, I feel like, I feel like one of the stats I learned that was like, yeah, this dude's probably anti-vax was... So, Auburn, Auburn by SEC media days had vaccinated about 65% of their team. By comparison, Alabama had vaccinated 90% of their team, and more, way more SEC programs were ahead of them in that department. Um, so, Brian Harson is very much in trouble at this job. Um, on February 3rd, a tweet from Justin... Hawkinson of on three, which if you're not familiar with on three, it's like, it's like a new, it's a new site that focuses mostly on college football and college football recruiting says that Brian Harson's immediate future at Auburn is in question. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to read the article, but there's definitely smoke to this fire. Um, and, and just a couple days ago, I believe this was on Monday of this week, 
Auburn releases a statement that says that, quote, they are judiciously connect- collecting information from a variety of sources, including mm. our student athletes, and moving swiftly to understand any issues in accordance with university policies and procedures. In other words, we haven't found cause yet, but we're sure looking for it. We are trying they real are, hard to yeah, find that we are, cause. We are trying to prove it, this motherfucker, so fucking bad. <laughs> yep. Um... um I guess also a thing here is that the results on the field are not good enough to make up for all no. this nonsense. Um, no, they they started six and two, but they had a five game losing streak. They finished six and seven. By the way, this was Auburn's first losing season in a decade. Um, it was their first losing season since the fucking three and nine shit, where they had Scott Loeffler as offensive coordinator. That was back in 2012, and. You can say that Auburn got hit with injuries pretty hard, and, you know, they kind of did, but at the same time, yeah, this team this team just started to fucking hate their coach by the end of this whole entire thing, and their offense by the end, by the end of the year, I mean, the Birmingham Bowl, I believe that they lost, they, blo- they lost to Houston and only put up 17 points, um, and Houston is not a particularly good defensive team by any stretch, so it's getting bad, and... At some point, I think that they're just going to say, fuck it, we're firing you for cause, get your lawyers, we don't fucking care, we'll pay our lawyers, we just fucking want rid of you. And it'll probably be cheaper for us just to say, well, look at all this shit you've done, and look at how terrible things have been running, than to fire you without cause and pay your buyout. It is... It is truly remarkable that we are here right now. I I, I just want to say this, and... I, I also want to say Auburn firing this dude in February puts them in a really bad spot in the coaching carousel. Yeah. Um, I I feel like some of the names I've heard are, would just be soul-crushing. Um, Imagine if they go from what? this guy to Hugh Freeze. Imagine if they yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. Hugh Freeze apparently would absolutely accept this job if, if they offered it at all, which I'm not surprised by. I mean, coaching at Liberty fucking sucks. Um Unless you're Hugh Freeze, apparently, but still, um, I, I joked, I, I, I said to Alex Kirshner on Twitter after the whole entire initial stuff broke that like one sees a Jim McElwain hire from Central Michigan in Auburn's future, or even worse, I, I can even, I can, I can summon the kaiju of just absolutely awful hires that will break everyone's brain, and that is Urban Meyer to Auburn. Ugh, ugh. You know what's even sadder? You know what's a thought that I've had that's even sadder that's depressingly likely? Must champ. Oh. <laughs> um, and Auburn's a program I kind of liked. <laughs> like, like, my God. This, yeah. is, this is depressing. This, like, this entire thing is just depressing. I, I can't. I... This is next I, level. This is next level goofiness. Um, I guess yeah. also like so. This has really been blowing up this week. It's kind of been on like low boil for a while, but this week, curiously, Brian Harson goes to Mexico, which you know, um, <laughs> he pulled a Ted Cruz. He pulled a Ted Cruz. He is causing a international incident. To the at least he ta- hasn't taken the fucking Appalachian Trail to Buenos Aires like some like one former South Carolina governor did. <laughs> He's gonna um, <laughs> uh, Auburn boosters are going to 
petition Joe Biden to extradite Brian Harson. Bring him, bring him to the plains. Make him answer for his crimes. Oh Jesus! Oh, I don't. I don't think anyone in Auburn is asking Joe Biden for anything. Unfortunately, <laughs> you're um, probably right about that. Um. Yeah, I have. I have held off on writing about Auburn at all because I have no fucking idea. I. I have. I have got a couple things assigned to me for Auburn, and I cannot write about them right now because I don't know if they'll have a coach. Yep. I don't know if he'll be fired even today. He could be fired today. He could be fired after we stop recording. And actually, as a matter of fact, it's entirely likely that he will be because God hates our show. Yep. Uh, we, yep. We are cursed with major news stories breaking like an hour after we record every week. So yeah, by the time you listen to this, okay. I assume Brian Harson will be extradited arrested tried for his crimes and executed um oh god one can only hope <laughs> you want to talk about the super bowl i guess that's happening yeah let's do it yeah that yeah that game yeah that game's happening this week now isn't it yeah this is again a totally good vibe super bowl which it's honestly good vibes enough that i haven't really felt all that interested to like dig into it i just kind of want to be entertained um yeah i i feel the same way it, it's I just want I I just want to see both offenses just tear into each other. Like I I, I just want to see like a fucking forty nine forty five Super Bowl, which I know we probably won't get, but still. Yeah, um, I mean we yeah. will we we will definitely see some scoring. Um, I think, and it seems a little like obvious to say this because I'm naming two of the best players for each team. Uh, but this is I think a lot of this will probably come down to how well Jalen Ramsey can lock up Jamar Chase. Um, yeah, probably quite a bit yeah, of it will no. come down to that. Um, yeah. you know, how can, can the Bengals like hold back the Rams pass rush at all? Like, yeah. If they like the nine sacks from the Titans, that's, that's like, that makes you think it makes you think. And like I said last week, uh, the Rams pass rush is a lot better than ours. So yeah, it's, um, it, it it's, mm. I thought that the Bengals did a pretty good job of, like, scheming the Chiefs pass rushers away from, like, really yeah. making much of an impact, which I think I think they're capable of doing. But even then, like, a lot of the Bengals' offense, like, if you watch what they do, they just kind of spam 989. They just kind of, yep, uh, Joe Burrow's going to nope. drop back, and he's, he's, he's going to throw jump balls to slow wide receivers, and we're just going to vibe. <laughs> and uh, I support them for that. Zach Taylor's offense oh, okay. is entirely based on having cool dudes and letting those yep. cool dudes rock. He's yep. he is he's is adding nothing to the equation. <laughs> oh dear god. Yep. Yep. We love we love a coach that just calls like fucking go post go for his top 3 receivers. Like I love that. By the way, that's what 989 means if you're unfamiliar. Oh, yeah. Um yeah, the route tree 9 is a go route and 8 is a post route. So, um yeah. Nine eight nine, yeah. The the, uh, the Bengals goaded combination with the sauce. Yes. Um, also, um, the Bengals had a really awesome like pep rally at their stadium, which looked unbelievably fun. But part of it was CJ Uzoma walking onto the stage with this big leg brace because he injured himself during the last game. He dramatically ripped the leg brace off threw it up into the air and like you know like started losing his mind because he like he was announcing that he was gonna play in the super bowl which um oh my god basically cut a fucking wrestling promo love that for him so they so 
they will have CJ Uzoma. So I think he he actually does quite That's a bit. Very for the important. Yeah. yeah, it's actually very important. He's a good run blocker. He's also a very good pass. Is he is I. I think one of the more underrated guys, actually, in the NFL, if we're talking about pass-catching tight ends. Just yeah. Him being there versus Drew Sample getting most of those snaps is a very big difference. So I'm sure we're very happy to have CJ, and I'm glad that he's playing in the biggest football game of his life. Um, if I could, and we will get to our scores, um, just in terms of a like general vibes forecast, I anticipate some very goofy coaching decisions made on both sides of the ball in this game because this game has the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree stink all over it. There's going to be so many curious third down play calls, so many strange timeouts and challenges. Um, mm-hmm. This is oh yeah, this is going to be a masterclass because Zach Taylor is here, and Zach Taylor probably even in probably even he himself knows that he shouldn't be here. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, I mean, both of these coaches will use like both of these coaches will use two out of their three timeouts before ten minutes to go in the second <laughs> quarter. Like, like that, that, like that's going to happen. Love this for them. Um, was there anything else specifically that you wanted to mention, Katie? I don't know. I, I feel like the Rams' offense is just going to do what they do no matter what. Um, I, I, I can't see the Bengals really putting a dent in that in that passing game much and I actually feel like I feel like the Rams are actually a really good matchup too in the run game because I feel like their outside zone is going to work pretty well against Cincinnati's defense so I am not optimistic about the Bengals chances but what say you Victoria um I this entire playoff um every like mm-hmm. pretty much every week uh with the exception of the game against the Raiders, the Bengals have been underdogs. Uh, on paper, you're like, well, I mean, yeah, like, the Bengals are capable of doing weird stuff, but there's no way they can actually put it together. I am done doubting the strength of the Bengals' vibes. There is nothing Let's scientific. go. There is, there is, there's nothing scientific about this. Let me be clear. Like, I'm not, like, identifying something schematic other than that. I'm pretty sure that the Bengals will still be able to run their goofy jump balls and run their occasional play action to pick up chunks crossing routes to to uh t higgins i'm pretty sure that they'll still be able to do that but um there's gonna be some dumb way like we've seen matt gay miss some very makeable kicks this playoffs even though he's very good there's gonna be some there's gonna be some like hot pot of rams related nonsense and this game's gonna end Bengals 29 rams 26 Last second walk-off field goal by Shooter McPherson and the Hell Bengals. Yeah. The Bengals, against all odds and logic and reason, will win this Super Bowl. Either that, it's either going to be that, or they're, or it's going to be a blowout, and the Rams will win. Yeah. Um. Um. I am far less optimistic about the Bengals' chances. Unfortunately, I am. I am going to be the killjoy here. I. I think that the Bengals will actually hold on to the Rams for a significant chunk of this game, but I believe probably somewhere around five minutes to go. Matt Stafford takes the ball. It's tied 27-27. Matt Stafford will lead a precisely a four-minute and 55-second drive to put them in the end zone uh, and win 34-27 to win the Super Bowl in their home stadium. 
even though the Bengals will probably have way more fans there, if anyone has any fans there at all, given it's the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, oh, goodness. It's This is the last football game of this season. It, it feels like it, it went is. real quick. It feels like it went really it quick did. this year. Well, I... Well, you know what they always say, time flies when you're having fun. Um, <laughs> Wonderful. Um, yeah, yeah, we, I have, I have markedly enjoyed this season in a way I haven't in about a long time. And, I mean, obviously a lot of that is doing this podcast every week with you, and we, we share, we shower, we share our, our love of the game with our loyal and adorable listeners and i am it has gotten me to fall back in love with the nfl again in a yeah. way i did not think was going to happen the nfl's when cool i started again. this podcast yeah it is i love it um i i actually very much love the nfl i can't wait for fucking uh, i i am very happy to get back into the nfl and i'm happy to at least know what the fuck I'm talking about again when it comes to NFL. So, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, um, this was a good, honestly, just, and I think we'll probably save more end-of-year, like, thoughts for next week, but um, this was a damn good season. Mm -hmm. This was a damn good season. It was. Um, It was a very good season. And uh, we get to enjoy one last hurrah by... Getting to watch the Bengals against all odds getting to play in the Super Bowl. Um... That feels like a fitting way to end this year. Uh, that also included Absolutely. a Georgia national championship. Georgia, shut up! Georgia won shut a national up, championship. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up, shut up. Oh, Lord. Okay, I guess we should probably get out of here. Um, oh, boy. You can find me on Twitter at DirtbagQueer sometimes. You know, I'm around. <laughs> sometimes. I don't know. Sometimes I'm not there, too. Uh, today I made the mistake of posting opinions about vegetables because <laughs> Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel tweeted that he doesn't eat green vegetables, and I like several green vegetables. I made the mistake, however, of posting in favor of peas, and I have, my mentions have been going nutty all day of people arguing about <laughs> peas and celery in my mentions, <laughs> so they are cooking my ass on vegetable Twitter. Um, I guess is the moral of the story. Oh God, Katie, where can the people find you? Okay, I don't fucking eat green vegetables either. So uh, me and Mike McDaniel have that in common. Uh, so, anyways, <laughs> anyways, I am on Twitter at Kates of Heaven. I, I am also uh, writing shit at Fansided about college football. You have probably seen me post an absolute shitload of articles in the past. 10 days and i feel like my brain is literally turning into mush from writing so much but i am i have enjoyed it thus far and i hope everyone has enjoyed reading my shit and i hope you continue to because that's how i get paid so uh keep doing that keep doing that and i love you all click on those articles folks click on all those articles click on click through all of the slideshows it's good it's good stuff that's right read the articles too after you click on them you can follow the show account on Twitter at TuckRulePod for news and updates. If you follow that account, then you would know that today's show came out on Thursday instead of Wednesday. So uh, yeah, if not, and you can tell that, and you can tell that I was the one posting that update. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh Lord. Uh. <laughs> if you like the show, 
giving us a rating on Apple Podcasts is very much uh, appreciated. Again, the only rating you can leave is five stars. Uh, the other ones are bugged. Sorry about that. Yeah. But uh, I'm I'm sure that you like us to I'm sure that you like us enough to give us five stars anyway. Um, if you leave a review, we'll read it. No new reviews to report. That is a okay. I think that's just about everything. Katie, why don't you get us out of here? Josh Freeman eats bussy. Mm. <laughs>